and welcome back to Deep Lorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet for the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And did I nailed it on the first take this time for real. <laughs> Today, we are talking about Loki. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Hey, isn't that the dude that is played by... Quick, Billy, what's the name? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, thank you. I, I can never remember all the Toms. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yes, yes, that is kind of, not really. So there's Loki, the Marvel person, and we will talk about Loki, the Marvel person, a little bit. But there's also Loki, the uh, Norse god. God? God. God? God. Norse god, more or less. We'll get into that later. Billy, why don't you give everyone kind of a rundown on everyone's favorite trickster loki is the the trickster god the north norse pantheon he's the god of mischief evil lies and has a knack for changing his physical form via illusions while he is noted as being the god of evil of evil deeds he's not actually that evil from what from most of the sort of stories that i've read he more just tricks people into doing the wrong thing yeah, to be honest, I'd hesitate to even really call him like the god of evil because because it honestly he seems more like the god of trickery. Yeah, like the god of, you know, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe Loki wanders around calling himself. I'm the god of mischief, which, to be fair, yes, like it, it should be mentioned having derailed my train of thought a little bit. The the depiction of Loki in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Marvel Universe as a general statement is very different from the Norse mythology Loki. And not just in like the Disneyfied sort of, let's just say there are some very, you know about Zeus and like the Greek gods and how they were all very, um, hmm... To put it in Matt's hat ter- Matt Pat terms, Zeus was a big fan of aggressive cuddling. Mm, yes, that's one way to put it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, I would call them hedonistic, to say the least. There is a lot of that in Norse mythology as well. And obviously the Marvel universe cleans that portion up because, of course, they're going to because it's, you know. For kids. But there's also a lot of changes that they made, a lot of creative license that they took with the character that changes him pretty significantly from the original source material, so to speak. What what kind of stuff did you look into, Billy? I, I primarily, I had a feeling that you would look into more on the Marvel side, so I pretty much stuck all of my looking into, like, all of my information gathering and research on the Norse Loki. I did do a fair bit into the Marvel, and honestly, I didn't find all that much on Marvel that wasn't in line with some of the stories from actual mythos. Yeah. How well, like, how old did they do? Because I, I, basically all I know of Loki from the Marvel universe is what I've seen in the cinematic universe. I've seen the Loki television show season one. I don't know if season two is out or not. And I've seen the MCU movies. 
So the the comic books were a little bit more accurate than the movies. Mm-hmm. The ma- the biggest thing uh, different between the two is in Marvel, Loki is the adopted brother of Thor and the adopted son of Odin. However, in actual North mythology, Loki was something of a blood a blood a blood brother to Odin. So he ends up being more Thor's uncle. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've gotten distracted because I was still scrolling through like my research and stuff. Uh, I found the page that I found. Apparently there's a manga called Mythical Detective Loki Ragnarok. Uh, you have my attention. Yes, the premise of which is Loki was exiled to the human world into the body of a child by Odin and uh, has to, while doing his job as a detective, find a way back to the realm of the gods and his original body. Which is a very fun premise that sounds like a very goofy show or show uh manga i'm down so the other the other thing that i found i thought was rather interesting in regards to the marvel cinematic universe and the comics which only was further made interesting when i actually researched into it so in the cinematic universe hella or hell mhm h e l is the sister, the older sister, presumably Odin's firstborn, of Thor and Loki. Mm-hmm. In actual Norse mythology, she's the daughter of Loki. Yeah, I noticed that, which was interesting. Like, get going to that from my only knowledge of her being what I've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I, to be honest, Loki's children... Loki's got an interesting collection of children, and I'm kind of confused how that happened. There's one that's got like a fairly like it's a very clear connection from point A to point B, so to speak. But three of his kids came from the same like three of his children were with the same woman. And one was one was Jormunger, the world serpent, which, to be fair, was not always world-sized. One was the wolf, Fenrir, and one was just, like, a normal dude. Yeah. And it's like, wait, how How with the same per... Question marks? What I... What Pete would make this a lot more interesting for me is, naturally, I then looked into the comic books to see how the comic books fared. Yes. I assumed they were going to be the same as the cinematic universe. They both are and aren't. There are a few comics where Hell is the daughter of Loki in the Marvel comics. Oh, really? Yeah. I know to an extent that the cinematic universe changed some things, but I wasn't sure exactly the extent to to what extent they changed their material from the comic book material, let alone the Norse mythology. So just to kind of roll back to the fourth child that we didn't mention of Loki. So Loki is the mother of Odin's eight-legged steed Slepnir. Slepnir. Can't, okay. Other quick, quick sidestep. Yeah, neither of us have even kind of the slightest clue on how to do the whole pronunciation of Norse names. I have a vague idea, but that's... Yeah, all I got is that the little, the weird little symbol that kind of looks like a P, but the t- the hat is too tall on it. 
is called a thorn and it makes the th sound so when you when you see a the word spelled with the thorn and then an o and then two r's that is thor can you picture the character that i'm talking about yes the thorn i do think we need to bring back the thorn by the way just to kind of take a quick tangent surely um we can get some good uses for the thorn We've got so many TH words. Could you imagine spelling the just with the thorn and an E on the end? That would make that would be rather interesting. And then you could stop using TH for stuff. You could just use the T for T sounds and the H for H sounds. And it just it would be more convenient, I feel. Definitely. It would definitely be more convenient. Now, the real question is, what letter of the alphabet, given the choice, would you get rid of? For me, I think we could do without either C or K. I'm not sure which one, but I'm thinking K. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. We definitely don't need X. That's just a given. Xylophone, Xavier. Yeah, but you could spell Xavier with like an E-K. Yeah. Xylophone, you could use a Z like everybody else. The only thing I can think of that, you know, you couldn't really use backup characters for would be like X-Ray. But I'm pretty sure, you know, we could call it something else. Z-Ray. A Z-Ray would be much cooler. I kind of want to just call them Z-Rays from now on. <laughs> Man, I really can't think of a word aside from X-Ray that has an X in it that you can't just. It is either just makes the sound of a different letter or you could use like CK for. Yeah. Extraneous. You can still use the K or the or like a CK. Anyway, so yeah, about Slepnir. So initially, before I knew a little bit more about the story, I kind of thought that it was just. Listen, ancient gods be crazy sometimes. I kind of figured Loki just got really drunk and. Had some fun shape shifting. Having looked into it, though, I found there's actually more to the story. Surprisingly or unsurprisingly, I don't know. Kind of depends on your point of view. Where basically this, I cannot pronounce his name. I'm going to guess Asgardur. Oh no, hang on. I'm I'm sorry. The brick mason that is being referred to is not Asgard Asgardur. As in this particular instance, that word is referring to Asgard, the actual place. This the brick mason built Asgard's walls. In return for his work, he demanded an unreasonably high price, specifically the sun, the moon, and Freya as his wife. I'm not sure if he wanted the sun and the moon to also be his wife, or he just wanted them. That's kind of up for grabs. Loki tried to basically trick the Brick Mason by giving him a short amount of time to build the wall. You know, kind of a build it within this time frame or your money back sort of guarantee. Unfortunately, the Brick Mason did really good and, you know, did his job. And uh, when it looked like he was going to make it in time, all the, the gods were all like, Loki, this was a terrible decision. Figure out how to make sure that the Brick Mason doesn't finish the wall in time or we will kill you. To which Loki was like, uh, 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 and then seduced the Brick Mason's uh, horse so 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 that the horse couldn't help the brick mason finish the job and it, the mason lost the bet 
And so did Loki. And Odin got a new horse. Loki, there's so many ways you could have solved that problem. <laughs> I know. I'll seduce the Brick Mason's horse. What? <laughs> no. Loki, there are better ways. Trick him into, into thinking he's building the bricks out of good material and replace, like, the stuff with sand. Pour sugar into his cement. Like, there's ways to do this. Which, by the way, side note, do not pour sugar into cement. It will very quickly ruin everything. Yeah. But that was, I did think that was an interesting and kind of funny story. It's like, really, Loki? That that was, that's how you decided to do that? Yeah, I... You couldn't think of any other, the god of mischief couldn't think of any other way. I... Uh... Obviously, I'm sure the Marvel canon doesn't uh, talk too much about the creation of Slepnir. But, uh, which also, side note, eight-legged? Eight-legged steed? Yeah. Mm. That's a lot of legs for a horse. The depictions. I don't think that would make a horse faster. I feel like the, the logic here in the creation of this story is that eight-leg horse be faster. But, like, I'm looking at the dis depictions now, and the modern artistic interpretations are pretty good, but some of them just make long leg. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes horses just have long legs. For, for our viewers that haven't looked into Norse mythology, if you're picturing in your head when we say eight-legged horse, a horse with vague spider legs, it, that's wrong it's a horse except it's got four legs in the front where it's normally has two and four in the back where it normally has two and they still point the same direction as if it would have the two normal legs i'm just over here scrolling through pictures of artists interpretations and renderings of slepnir and so i did look into one story mm -hmm. that i knew about prior to researching but i had i I never really bothered to look into, and I had to know more. Mm -hmm. In Smite, one of his jokes is he makes a passing remark about tricking Thor into wearing a dress. And naturally, hi the developers of Smite, had to, make, had to make a skin where Thor is wearing a dress. Mm -hmm. So I looked into it to know the, the background here as to why they tricked Thor into wearing a dress. It wasn't necessarily a trick. On Thor's part. Thor was aware that he was wearing a dress. Yes. So in one of in one of a po in a poem, which I can't pronounce the name of for the life of me, cannot pronounce the name of. Yeah. Most of the sources that I found use the like proper characters for things, which like I know about the thorn, but most of the characters I, I do not know how to pronounce. Uh, you said the thorn was a TH, right? Mm hmm. So this would be Thrymskovia, if I'm reading this right. All right, yes. Uh, so Thor wakes up in this poem and finds that Mjolnir, his hammer, is gone. So naturally, he immediately goes to Loki. Yeah, he's got to get that back. Does Thor's hammer not return to him in Norse mythology the way it does in the Marvel comics? No. Oh. In, in As far as I'm aware, in normal mythos, it's just... It's just a really powerful hammer. 
that is really heavy. Yeah. Which also, side tangent, his hammer was made by accident by another one of Loki's tricks. Oh, yeah. We do have to talk about that story. But let's finish the one about the dress first. So Lo- Thor goes to Loki asking him about his missing hammer. And Loki has no idea. So they immediately go to Freya. As you do. Thor asks Freya if he can f- borrow a leather a feather cloak so we can attempt to find Mjolnir. She agrees, and Loki flies off with the coat with him. He arrives at Jotunheimer and finds Thrymir sitting on a burial mound, and he's making these gold, golden collars for his female dogs. Mm-hmm. And Loki asks him, Hey, have you seen Mjolnir? And this... This Jotun, this frost giant, says, I know where it is. It's eight, leg- eight leagues underneath the earth. Okay, yeah. And I will retrieve it if Freya is brought to marry me. I see a plan forming. Loki flies off and reports to th- reports this to Thor. And so then they go back to Freya. Freya declines. Yeah, politely, I'm sure. Politely, yes. Not actually. She goes into a bit of a rage and breaks some things uh her it's actually noted that her anger causes the halls of the acer to tremble oh wow that's a lot more aggressive than i thought she was gonna be about the situation upon hearing her reaction thor and loki go back to the rest of the gods Mm. and they're thinking about this and loki goes wait a minute what if we just put thor in a dress (laughs) he's probably blind enough and then have him marry, in air quotes, this Jotun to get the hammer back. The gods are all for it. Thor, on the other hand, not enthusiastic about it. No, this does not seem like a great sort of course of events. Loki, being Loki, though, talks him into it. And he, in return, will go with, uh, with Thor as his maid. All right. They arrive on Thor's goat-driven chariot. You know, that's got to be a Norse thing. I Because... Because, man, that seems out of left field. Why goats? When I was reading this, I read that and just was like, yep, all right, and kept moving. <laughs> yeah, it seems about right. <laughs> so they arrive, and he, the, the Seotan has all of this feast set up for him. And Thor, being Thor, consumes entire <laughs> animals. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> and so the, the Jotun raises, this is interesting because this is at odds with everything he knows about Freya. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Loki says, oh, she hasn't ate in a while. So mm-hmm. she's incredibly hungry. The ceremony continues. And eventually the Jotun lifts the veil that's over Thor and goes to kiss her in her quotes. Yes. And gets these really terrifying looking eyes staring back at him. <laughs> The death glare. The death glare that I'm sure Thor couldn't get off his face. He looks at Loki, and Loki's like, Freya hasn't slept in a bit. She's really tired. <laughs> Wait, no, this wasn't the this wasn't the end of it. I thought the veil would have been the like, ah, yes, I can't tell. Wow, Freya, you've certainly got some very masculine arms, but that's fine. I, I was sure that the minute you pull the veil off, he's gonna be like, Wait a minute. Nope. Loki's just over here like, no, no, it's fine. Trust trust me. You can trust me, right? The god of mischief. Why would I? So 
the in air quotes wretched sister of the Yot of the Yotar appears, the Jotun, and the Yotar bring out Mjolnir. They set it on Thor's lap, and so they then they continue with the ceremony. Thor laughs internally when he sees the hammer. Yes, grabs it, strikes the Jotun that he is currently being married to. Mm-hmm. And then, in typical Thor fashion, lays waste to the rest of the party. Yeah, I kind of imagined, like, I have this scene in my head of, like, them placing, bestowing upon Thor the hammer, and then you just get the opening riff to uh, immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help but picture, as Thor picks up this hammer and starts swinging it, Loki is in the back with that grin that he has in Ragnarok when Thor initially lands and takes out everyone. Come from the land of the ice and snow. But yeah, that's that's the story, and I I was confused. That story took a lot of turns that I did not expect. When I got to the end of it, I audibly said out loud, that took a left turn. Yeah. It's funny to it's funny to actually like look into the stuff where like you only hear the punchline, so to speak. Oh, Thor was running around in a dress or oh, Loki is the mother of Slepnir. And without having the full context of the full story, it just sounds like odd and funny. But then getting the actual full context somehow it's just as odd and funny but in a different way than you <laughs> thought it would be. <laughs> I. It sounds like, Billy, you have a sort of an impression of that situation like the Emperor's New Clothes where Loki crafted, you know, something like it's like, oh, this looks like this is it looks like fancy armor to Thor. And yeah, it's actually just a dress. Whereas the actual story is this is Loki and Thor going in disguise to try and get Thor's hammer. And then the whole, you know, mother of Slepnir thing actually being Loki just panicking in trying to save his hide. I think my favorite part about the story is the fact that Loki Loki just runs with this idea. Mm-hmm. Doesn't double think it. It's just like, nope, this is a good idea. This can't possibly go wrong. To be fair, Loki has killed people with mistletoe. He has. Oh, that's another story that I looked at. That into. is another story. Well, it's kind of uh, Loki's most famous, like quote-unquote most famous act as a Norse god which is just the the whole death of Balder technically Loki didn't technically Loki didn't kill him technically Loki didn't kill him Loki just got him killed <laughs> listen it was like they were begging Loki to kill Balder so for those who don't know Balder is a very a very beloved god in in the in mythology, the god of light, I am told. But there was a prophecy that basically Baldur was going to die. And so Baldur's mother gets every living thing to promise not to harm her, harm her son. And they missed mistletoe, the plant. Yeah. Which I have to imagine from Loki's point of view was like, oh, you're just asking me to figure out how to kill this guy. The best part is it wasn't like a she was going through asking everything not to kill, not to hurt her son and then just pass over the mistletoes. She purposely passed them over because she figured a plant so 
tiny and frail wouldn't be able to hurt him. Exactly. So Loki's like, oh, okay. Makes a spear out of mistletoe, like carves a spear. And into the hands of the blind god Hod was like, hey, hey, it's going to be funny. Chuck it. And Boulder dies after getting impaled on this spear. So another god jumps on Slepnir and goes to the underworld to hell, the person, and is like, hey, please, look, please release Balder. He, everyone loves him. And hell's like, all right, fine, fair enough. But if you really, like, I, I'm not, it's, it's my job is to keep people here. If you really want him back, if he's so beloved, it mustn't be that hard to get every living being in the world to weep for him. If you can manage that, I'll, I'll let him go. Which, of you know, yada yada, everything does, except for a giantess by the name of Talk or possibly Thok or Thok, I think is how it should be pronounced, uh, it, which translates vaguely to thanks in English. Basically, everybody seems to think that that is probably Loki in disguise. That is what I read, yeah. That it was Loki in disguise. That seems to be the general consensus. So Loki's over here like, <laughs> no, I don't care about that person. Uh, and so he, Balder, does not make it back. And so Loki is pretty directly responsible for his death. The ending of the story from what I read, was the gods figured out that Loki, that the um, the giantess was Loki in disguise and naturally resulted in Loki fleeing. Yeah. Did you, did you catch the part where Loki is responsible for earthquakes? No, I didn't. So apparently, and I don't know if he's considered, which we still have to talk about the whole Loki being a god thing. Um, I don't know if he's considered the god of earthquakes, but... According to Norse mythology, he is responsible for earthquakes. Basically, at some point, the gods get altogether completely fed up with Loki's bullcrap. And so they forge chains out of one of Loki's son's intestines. Don't mm. ask. I don't know the details. I don't want to know the details. <laughs> yeah, that seems morbid. And bind Loki in chains and basically stick a venomous snake on his head <laughs> or well that hangs the snake above him and the snake keeps dripping venom from above onto loki causing incredible pain and loki's writhing is what causes earthquakes the reason we don't have constant earthquakes is because uh loki's wife not the giantess that birthed uh, the wolf, the snake, and the person, but Loki's, like, more devout love, holds a bowl under the snake and catches all of the venom, but obviously the bowl fills up, so eventually she has to go dump it out, and so then he's stuck getting burned by venom again. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why doesn't she just remove the snake? Frankly, I don't know. 
I don't I don't know if the snake is just like permanently bound there in a way she can't remove or if she just doesn't want to betray the gods or what. I don't know. That is their that is their like that is the the Norse myth explanation for earthquakes, which I think is honestly very interesting. I haven't heard too many, you know, there's there's the there's the classics. There's uh, Odin. Zeus is responsible for uh, thunder and lightning because he like flings his lightning bolts and stuff. I haven't heard too many, you know, this is why earthquakes are kinds of of myths. Most of the myths and stuff that I've studied over just. I read a lot and also, you know, I've taken a couple uh, college, college lit courses and stuff that have talked about different mythoses. But most of the stuff that you read is stuff like this is how the world got made. This is why there is light and dark. Or this is why there's good and evil in humanity. And not so much, you know, this is why earthquakes happen. It's uh, Loki writhing in pain from having venom dripped on him. Or this is why the sky doesn't fall. It's because Atlas is permanently um, bound to hold it up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. What about you? Have you have you picked up just kind of over the years of like studying and stuff like any any myths you can think of that are this is why it rains i can think of persephone and that's the whole the whole persephone myth and why there's spring and winter and summer and stuff why are why the seasons are no i've never really run into it's kind of weirdly like limited isn't it yeah that'd be a fun one if anybody if any any of our listeners knows offhand like a myth of hey this is this is the explanation people had for why there's why there is rain and it's not just like i'm not talking about you know oh this this culture believed that when there was a drought it was because this god was un was displeased because that's more of an active like this god is actively intentionally creating a drought I'm I'm talking stuff like, you know, Loki writhing in pain is what causes earthquakes or Persephone has to go go live in Hades, the place for a bunch of the year and can only visit certain times. And so that's why there's the seasons, because because Demeter is happy in the summer and sad and frigid in the winter. And so that's spring is her anticipating Persephone coming back. And fall is her anticipating Persephone having to leave again. I, I I haven't heard too many of those myths, and I kind of wish I that I knew more of them. Mythology is just fascinating in general. Yeah. This is a general statement. Okay, we should address the elephant in the room or the Loki in the closet. I don't wait. Why did I say it that way? So did you see anything about the discourse about whether or not Loki's considered a god? So. I I did know some things on hand about it. Mm-hmm. So in the Marvel comics, he's was adopted by Odin mm-hmm. and was actually born of a frost giant and a god, mm-hmm. which made him this sort of hybrid frost giant god mix. But I researched into it a little bit more, and in the mythos. What I found interesting is normally when a human, when a Acer, which is the Norse. It is the race that like Orden or Orden, Odin is. Yeah. 
when the Aesir get together with the Frost Giants, it's usually a female Frost Giant and a male Aesir. But in Loki's case, it was the opposite. It was male Frost Giant and female Aesir, which results in a Frost Giant who resembles a human. Mm -hmm. Which is why he was born as a human and was kind of frowned upon by the Frost Giants because he's small. They're big. They're like giants. Eight feet. They're, they're giants. And he's a human, more or less. And so uh, Lofrey, Loki's father, I think I think that's how you say it is Lofrey, kind of locked him away, kept him safe. It was more, it was more, it was less, I'm locking you away to keep you safe and more, I'm locking you away to save my own reputation. Yeah, that typically is how it goes. Eventually, Loki, in Norse mythology, eventually Loki frees himself Mm -hmm. and starts running amok. In the Marvel Universe, Odin is the one that frees him and adopts him. Right. Do you have anything to add? Because I... Yeah, so that's that's a, a large part of, and the majority of the kind of the canonical quote-unquote Norse mythos behind it. Um, but there's there's even more to that discourse that comes in the form of looking at Loki from the perspective of Norse mythology as a religion. Because we do not, we can't find records of Loki being worshipped, which is kind of a, like, at least for scholars and, you know, the theologians and stuff is a large part of what makes a a deity a deity is that there are rituals of worship and people who worship this this thing and you know obviously they've got stuff for like they've got rituals and stuff for worshiping odin and and zeus and all kinds of i know i'm mixing greek and norse mythology a bit but you you get the idea like there are are records of people who worship and how these people would worship these gods, whereas Loki doesn't have any known records of worship. We don't know how hmm. people would worship Loki. We don't know if there even were people who worshipped Loki. And so there's a lot of discourse about whether or not Loki should be considered a god because... Well, not only does Loki not have any recorded worshippers or ways to revere Loki, but Loki also kind of embodies the opposite of a lot of the ideals that the Norse people hold hold dear, so to speak. Obviously, the Norse people, they're they're big on being strong in combat, being, you know, there's this there's the stoicism and the but also the the partying and stuff, but you, you know, you, you get, you get kind of the yeah. ideals that the Norse people upheld. Whereas Loki was very much, he was cowardly. He used tricks. He did not do straightforward combat. In fact, there's a lot of, there's a lot of discourse too about the origin of Loki's name, because it seems to very much be uh, a reference to nets or webs like spider webs or fishing nets. Uh, Loki is also credited with the creation of the fishing net, although I couldn't find the exact story in which he did it. So a lot of scholars say that because there's no records of worship of Loki, that and because he embodies like the opposite of the ideals of a lot of the, you know, the Norse people, 
he shouldn't really be considered a god. Whereas other, like the flip side of the coin, a lot of scholars point out, well, we also don't have systems of worship for Heimdall and Heimdall's considered a god. There's just this kind of back and forth about that. And I, I, there's not really a resolution, honestly. I, I just bring this up because it's like, there's almost, there is oddly enough, almost as much discourse about the actual Norse Loki being a god as there is canonically in the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Loki and Thor being gods. Oh, I love, I love the fact that they, they bring that into question so many times. I know it because it's really, it is a really interesting thing to kind of think about just as a thought experiment. Like there's we're we're taught the Marvel cinematic universe. I mean, they pretty clearly, clearly try to, they, oh, sorry, I should, I shouldn't play the pronoun game. The writers pretty clearly attempt to settle the debate as Thor and Loki are aliens, basically. Yeah. But from the average Joe's perspective in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like Bob, Bob and Bob from accounting doesn't know the writer's intention with Thor and Loki and they've never and he's never met Thor and Loki. So as far as he knows, there are people running around with the same powers and abilities as a lot of the actual Norse gods claiming to be those gods and yet you know there's there is still like pretty clearly established it's like it is pretty clearly established that the marvel cinematic universe is an almost one-to-one with our world to set aside from the technology and the fact that the avengers are running around so there's catholicism and christianity in general there's judaism there's you know hinduism like there. What about the Hindu gods? Are is there a like there's a Jotunheim? Is there I, I can't think of off the top of my head any or in any of the planes of existence in Hinduism, but you know, there's a there's a divine realm in Hinduism and a you know, a place where the Deva like live, quote unquote. Yeah. Is is that a plane of existence in the Marvel cinema in the in the Marvel universe? It has got to be interesting to live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as like an average Joe beyond just having your city regularly wrecked by some roughhousing uh, superheroes. So speaking of the Marvel comics. Mm -hmm. Have you seen what Loki looks like in his first appearance in in the comics? Is it? okay? so I've seen. Have you seen the Loki TV series? No, I have not. Okay, because I think I I've seen. Like a live action interpretation of that costume. Do you have a picture on hand or should I just look it up? There's not many pictures. There's not. I haven't found many pictures. I found like one or two of his first appearance in Journey into Mystery number 85. Though there isn't actually an earlier appearance than that, which is in Venus number six in 1949. Where he donned a bright red crew cut. And a pink suit with shoulder pads. Sorry. I think I just found him. I like the green bear. Yeah. This just looks like he. Who is this guy? He looks like. 
He looks like a Doctor Who, like an old school Doctor Who alien. He looks like an 80s pop star who got lost. Was it? Yeah, it was 80s, wasn't it? Where, where they wore shoulder pads? I think it was 80s. I'm not 100% sure, frankly. I, I'm not I'm not good at placing decades, but I definitely like the appearance in the the later issues where he's got like the weird horn thing better than pink suit with shoulder pads. 30s, 1930s, 1930s. Was the shoulder pad thing really that far back? It seems so. I was looking into the Marvel Loki and I'm like, oh, he's got a he was presented way back then during Venus. So for those that don't know, Marvel Comics, before they got known as Marvel Comics, the longest running series for that publisher, publishing Publication? company, was, oh, publisher, then, yeah. was Venus, was the name of the comic series. And then eventually they updated the name to Marvel and included a lot of the characters we know today. That is interesting. I, I For some reason, I always thought of Marvel as getting started as Marvel and then growing rather than starting as a completely different, like a completely different publisher. Yeah. And rebranding. I came, when I came across Loki's design, like this early design, I just kind of had to do a double take. I'm like, is that really Loki? Yeah. He does not look like Loki. I'm so used to him wearing green. Cause his next, his next appearance in comic books is he's got that green jump jumpsuit with like scales on it. Yeah. Which I'm not a huge fan of either, but it was his <laughs> outfit for the time. Thor's hat looks like a Hershey's kiss with wings. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's not wrong. There are there are definitely better uh drawings of Thor where it's like much more clearly a spiked helm, but uh one more little bit of information. Well, two more. Mm-hmm. They kind of go hand in hand because they're Loki appearances in other media. So the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, am I right or am I right? It's a, it's a holy Hershey's Kisses. It's the holy Hershey's Kisses. Holy Hershey's Kisses, Batman. Uh, what did, so what did you find? Loki in other media. Loki appeared as a rogue Asgard scientist in Stargate SG-1. Really? Which I thought was very interesting. Man, I did not watch enough Stargate. I kind of got out of my, like, sci-fi phase. Not sci-fi phase, but... For a while, I was big into watching, like, old-school Star Trek and stuff, and so I I tried to pick up Stargate, but I was, like, just out of that kind of... Speaking of Star Trek, I've been meaning to actually go back and watch Deep Space Nine. Um, do have you watched the other that through one like three times? The other one that I found, and this is <laughs> tactfully ignores. <laughs> this one I'm I purposely saved to the end because it is a bit of a spoiler for God of War four. I don't know if you want me to actually say it. Uh, well, we can take on spoilers for God of War four, but yes, heads up, spoiler warning. If you plan on playing God of War four and haven't yet. Skip forward, like, I don't know, five minutes? Yeah. Give or take. All right, warning has been officially said. So Atreus, Kratos' son, and the son of Faye the Frost Giant, was originally going to be named Loki? Okay. 
he was originally going to be the god of mischief, but Kratos chose to name him Atreus in honor of a Spartan comrade of his. Wait, okay, so who intended to name him Loki? The mother, the mother intended to name him Loki. Okay, so canonically, his name was intended to be Loki. Canonically, his name was intended to be Loki, and then Kratos changed his name to Atreus. Interesting. I might have to go play God of War 4. I might have to go get God of War 4. I, that game has been on my radar only because it's Norse. Yeah, well, there's been, there's a lot of the God of War games have just been a little too, eh. This one's not. But this one seems like one of the few, like a, a game I might actually enjoy kind of. It's better than, like, it's better in the, in the, in the form of s- cutscene wise. I'm not, I'm not a prude, and if you like that kind of stuff in your game, then fine. But if I'm playing an action-adventure game, I kind of would like to action and adventure, not that kind of action. It's it's better. It's certainly got moments where it's a bit too gruesome even for me. Oh, come Well, we can... Gruesome, we can deal with. I want to go fight the giant snake. I want to go face my fears. Oh, man. I... So... In preparation for this this episode of the podcast, I've been playing more Smite, mm-hmm. and I'm so disappointed that Jormungandr does not have a skin based oh, on his based appearance on the... in God of War Four. Well, I mean that'd probably be it. Well, they do so many crossover things. There isn't Optimus Prime in Smite. Right yes, now. Optimus Prime is in Smite, and so is Starscream, and he has the voice. I have a question: Is Optimus Prime like his own god in Smite? No, he's a he's a skin for Geb. Okay, that's better. I, I was willing to accept Optimus Prime as a deity in Smite, but usually they're pretty good about keeping it to actual, at one point, worshipped figures or mythological figures. Now, that being said, Optimus Prime is kind of the mythological fig, one of the mythological figures of the modern American culture. Yeah. You know, when you're right, you're right. I don't want to I don't want to say controversial things, but I'm also completely ready to say controversial things. The stories of Optimus Prime and Spider-Man are our stories of Hercules. Like that is. Yeah, we do a lot of um, a lot of the comics and stuff definitely pull from old school mythology and whatnot. But we've made new gods We've made our Iron Man and uh, Spider-Man and Batman. In a hundred years, 200 years, who's going to look back on the, the, the old, the old myths of Batman and think that we like see the, the, the shrines that people have made to Batman in their rooms and be like, ah, this is the God of the night, the God of vengeance. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yike. I don't know. That's that's something to think about. We might not have a deepest lore today. We might have a... Here's your takeaway. Here's your deep thought for the day. Here's here's your homework for... Here's your homework for today. Who's the next, like, Hercules? Who's the next biggest mythological figure? So we we have two things. What was the other thing? 
share with us the the stories you know of like myths that involve the creation of like phenomena uh like earthquakes and stuff and share with us who you think is going to be the 200 years from now 300 years from now the next mythological figure the next hercules the next loki because honestly i don't know purely because i have no idea how our how historians like the the profession of of recording history is going to evolve in the next 300 years. Yeah. Because like a lot of the old stuff that we have to let, you know, a lot of the archeology span and stuff that we have to do, it had to be dug up because it was literally physically stored on art or on, you know, tablets and stuff like that. Now it's being all stored digitally in the cloud, in the web, the internet is that there's like a, there's a website that's like the, what is it called? The Internet Time Machine or something? The Wayback Machine? The Wayback Machine. Where you can pull websites up that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Is that what all historians are going to turn into? Not into websites. I'm not saying, I'm not saying people are going to metamorphosize into websites. Hopefully not. Elon Musk, if you're listening, please no. <laughs> Please no. I do have the image now of uh, of like an, an ancient archaeologist digging up a flash drive. Yeah. I've also got the mental image of Elon Musk listening to our podcast and frankly... Getting ideas? Well, A, getting ideas, but B, why are you listening to our podcast? I'm glad, I'm flattered, but also... Like putting another car in space. You you put cars in space. What are you doing? Do you do you do normal things? Do you, do you play video games with your kid? Also, did we fix? Did you fix your kid's name? I mean, no offense by this, but also, what are you fix talking your kid's about? Name. What was it A A E X? It was like Ash something something. Like call your kid Ash if you really want to just use a weird symbol. You can call your kid Ash, but just. Let's say it this is this is a person. Please be nice to them. This is a person you've created. Please be nice to them. That is about all the time we have for today. I have given all of our listeners their homework. Billy, do you have anything more to add? No. Not really? Not really. Alright. I mean I can I can make bad Loki puns for days, but we could continue to make bad Loki Loki puns, but I think we just we need to keep them a little we need to we need to keep we need to keep the puns. We need to Billy. Billy, we need to Billy, we need to keep the puns low key. Uh but anyway. Let's <laughs> wrap this up so I can go get dinner. <laughs> what okay, we'll wrap this up. Be, feel free to get in touch with us at Deplorable on Twitter. That is also a great place to share your stories so that everyone can see them. You can also, if you don't want to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can reach us over email at deplorablecontact at gmail.com. Ha ha! Got Nailed it that it. time. Deplorablecontact at gmail.com. Uh, I have already asked you, Billy, if you have anything more to add. You said no. I have been Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And you will hear from us next time. Bye. Bye.